My ability to summon fish is of no use for this toppling building. Representing the United States West Coast, Dazzler. Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. They like a little badunkadunk. Yeah. Is, is, am I allowed to say that? Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. Everybody's in the midst of grief and Reed Richards' wife is hitting on the new guy. And now your hosts, Luke Matthews. My solution to every problem is blah, 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 deus ex machina, blah, 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 blah. And B. British so. paperbacks are taller than American paperbacks. There you it go. does kind of infuriate me, so as much <laughs> as I'm making fun of you, I can Hey, Isaac. She goes to do the IV, and she's like, I-, I can't do it. He's got tough skin, so all of a sudden I guess I'm Superman now. I have tough skin, apparently. I did not know I had this power, but now I apparently, I apparently have acquired a superpower. And Andy Padel. If you're having a problem with that page, just sit it on the ground, open it up, and just start stepping on it as hard as possible. <laughs> I mean, you will have seen Honestly, it when you heard that pop noise. Oh, okay. That pop okay. noise means you win. West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground. Most of my days. I was gonna say I was gonna make a joke earlier about you being the actual black person and Joel being like the you know the token black person kind of. Yeah, that that just got flipped right there. Yep. Oh man. Chilling out, Maxon. Relaxing all cool, cool, all shooting some b-ball outside of school with a couple of guys who were up to no good. Started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight. My mom got scared. Said, you move with your auntie and Uncle Bel Air. I listened for the cab, and when it came near, the license plate said, fresh and hit that dice in the mirror. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm dying. <laughs> dying. Uh, oh, Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to episode 45 oh, yeah. of the oh, Trade yeah. Secrets Podcast. Uh, <laughs> fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we are here We are here this morning with Ann Bean. Hello. Andy Padel. Oh. Eddie Isaac. Oh, yeah. And me. I'm Luke Matthews. We uh, Joel is out camping this weekend, so he is not with us. He's uh, out dying in the wilderness. Yeah. Nature. <laughs> nature. As I've said Feasting before, on nature. mankind has spent thousands of years getting away from nature. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, let's go back to refresh. <laughs> refresher. Yeah. Blows it's my it's mind. I camp. I like camping. I like Camping's camping. fine. Fuck camping. I walked 500 miles one time in the woods. I, I would walk 500 miles. I know, miles. and then that song I was in my head. I would walk 500 like, more at just least to 100 be of those miles. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> just to be the man who walks a thousand miles to fall down at your door. <laughs> 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 We're killing Andy slowly. <laughs> no, it's quickly. We're okay, killing him okay. quickly. There's nothing slow about this. <laughs> slow death it for is you. Way too fucking early. <laughs> yes, it is nine thirty in the morning on a Saturday, and uh, it's a Sunday. Sunday. Oh, it's oh, shit. It's Sunday. Whoops. Oh god. Yeah. Somebody forgot a day. Oh shit. Somebody who doesn't have a normal work week anymore doesn't really care about That's the true. days of the week. Oh, uh, that yeah, happens. No. Every day it, is Saturday. I'm unbounded by space and time. Yes. <laughs> High five. Uh, for this show, for this show, we we read uh, Eddie's suggestion of Volume Two of the Sixth Gun. Oh yeah, uh, the Volume One of the Sixth Gun was our first ever uh, podcast on this show. Now, our, our first episode. ever book that we yeah. reviewed for the show. Mm. Uh, the episode zero, of course, was at Emerald City Comic Con two years ago, and uh, we two and a half years ago actually. Yeah, we've yeah, it's a while ago. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, and stuff in comics, and it's mm-hmm. morning, and I've forgotten how to. I, I I can sing if you want me to. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk. Fuck, about I don't know if I can talk. Comic book day. Let's Yay! talk about free comic, free comic book day. day yes. uh, free comic book day was yesterday, May the fourth. Star Wars Day. May, May the fourth be with you. Um, and uh, you guys are really in sync today, and it's kind of fucking. <laughs> <laughs> like, I did clarifying. I personally did not go out and partake in free comic book day festivities, <laughs> mostly because it's not. I'm not their target market. Um, their target market should be uh, newbies, mostly, Oops. and people who are looking for like sales. Like Eddie clearly went out because they always have big sales, and yep. he was getting back issues and stuff. But yep. me. I actually went out the last two years and have decided that I'm pretty much never doing it again. And that's mostly because uh, simply, un- unless there's a sale that I'm interested in, but. Too cool for school. No, actually, not too cool. Just no, it makes sense. And it, I would actually rather leave the free comics for people who are new to comics. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the stuff I ended up picking up was stuff that I pretty much knew I would like, but picked up the first issue of a whole bunch of image stuff just mm-hmm. because I was like, huh. I Spawn, need what's this about? <laughs> Not that image stuff. <laughs> Shadowhawk. Oh, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bloodshot. <laughs> Cyber Force. Anyway. Bloodshot's Valiant, right? It is. I thought he went over to uh, Image after a while. No, there was a, there, there was a crossover, crossover where, oh, where okay. Death... Death. What was Death? Death Lock? Blade. Death we're we're going to say Death Blade. <laughs> the no, Jim death. Lee one, where there were, they did Bloodshot and Death... Deathstroke? Stroke? No, not Deathstroke. Deathstroke <laughs> no, Deathlock <laughs> is Marvel. Deathlock is Marvel. What is the fucking blood death blade <laughs> wing? Blood death blade. <laughs> Savage dragon. Blood death blade wing hawk. So you're saying they have the prefix and the suffix, and it's like randomly generated weapons <laughs> yeah. Pretty in much. Diablo? <laughs> Bloodhawk. Basically. Bloodhawk wing. So... Uh, anyway, you were saying you were picking up some image I stuff. Went to, I went to Arcane, um, and they're, they're lovely um, as a comic shop in general. And they had a, I guess, relevant selection of s- titles. It was, I picked up stuff like the first issue of The Massive and the first <gasps> issue of Orc Stain, just stuff that I know oh, that the I, massive. I would like and I haven't gotten around to reading, and I'm kind of um, a horrible, wretched miser when it comes to actually purchasing comics. So I'm like, this will determine what I purchase. Did you get for just the first issue or the first trade? First issue. Okay. For that. And I picked up some trades as well. I picked up the second um, Manhattan Projects trade and yeah. uh, the next, well, the fourth Doom Patrol trade because I'm working my way up through Grant Doom Morrison, Patrol. yeah. Yes. Is, I would, is Arcane the one we always talk about where the guy's kind of... <laughs> what to define you? He, he's, he's like he's like he's a nice guy. No, it's like okay. He's every a really time nice I go guy, there, he's, he's a guy's guy, but he's so he's so brash, gruff, and gruff. Gruff he's, would be the is word. Is the guy that. that looks like Luke or the hat guy? It's he's got glasses. Yeah, okay. glasses, and usually has a beard. He yeah, has yeah. a beard, and he always I talks like this. Gruff. Yeah, it's like, just like he's not. It, it doesn't matter what question he's answering. Yeah, he's just like always. He's just like mad at the world for some reason. You're like, hey man, do you got any number one? Uh, might be over there. Yeah, <laughs> and he's <laughs> always he's always very helpful. And he's yes, very nice. He's, but he's very like, helpful and nice, but he's just so gruff. It's over in our trade section over yeah. there. <laughs> no, I didn't order enough of that. Yep. I, I hope I, you have a very nice day. I, I got back issues, but I didn't get to them yet. So come back next week. <laughs> it's like okay. yeah, it's, it's a wonderful and gorgeous day outside. Yeah, but you know, it's it's you know probably enjoy it, have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Huh. I really like how sunshiny it is right now. <laughs> like, Put it like there. You get greeted. You get greeted. Easier at like Comics Dungeon. At Comics Dungeon? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You get, yeah. you, you, it's a nicer I can see that. greeting. 
It's I I like the guy. No, we're not saying. Yeah, not saying. I don't want to rag on him because I actually because I actually also really like Arcane as a shop. It's it is. It's my go-to. It's my and it's my backup shop, right? Because Comics Dungeon is where I do my actual like full-on shopping where I have my shelf and stuff. And Arcane is always what Page's shop? No, that's that's it's Nicole, right? No, what's her name? Paige is on the east side, and she is comic. I used to go there all the yeah, time, and I can't. Right like yeah, Corner Comics, thank Corner you. Comics, it's thank it you. used to be Kenmore Comics, and is now Corner Comics. That's Do they have Paige back shops. issues? Uh, not very much. Mm. They have some, but not very much. Um, go to Zander. No, our, uh, Comics Dungeon is the one on Forty um, Fifth. Forty fifth, uh, on just on the right. west just, side of I five. They just I-5. moved. They moved yeah. from one side of the street to across. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Arcane is down in the bowels of Ballard, and uh, it is well named in that it is sort of hidden. Like behind, it is behind yeah. a dentist the, office. The, G- yeah. the GPS, especially. Well, now they've kind of fixed it, but originally the GPS and the iPhone just took you into this lake. Yeah. Much. yeah. <laughs> Where is it? I'm here. It says I've arrived, but I'm, I can't I'm, find it. I'm looking for Aquaman comics. Yeah. I went to I went to comics. Are soggy. <laughs> I went to Comics Dungeon last year for for Free Comic Book Day, and it was fun. But man, it was slammed. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. that's the biggest problem. Is like you can get your free comics and everything, but if you actually want to partake in the sales and stuff that they're doing, man, there's there's lines. You've you've got to you've got to get you've got to get there like three hours for yeah. the store open. And last year when I went, it was because also they had a uh, um, they had Michael Avon Emming and oh, and nice. Takisoma signing stuff yeah. there. So uh, you know that's usually what I go there for, but. Um, but so you picked up the ma- you picked up the massive. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you, get to issue four, okay? Because the first three issues are drawn by Christian Donaldson, and it's good. But the regular artist who is now in the book, Gary Brown, doesn't take over till issue four, and that's also when it actually like they get through their introduction and the sure. s- it goes to story, and it's fucking phenomenal. I love that book. Rad. I went to well. <laughs> I went to Action City Comics first. Uh, Where's that? That's on. It's like off uh, off Tacoma Mall Boulevard. Okay, right across from Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay, um, it's a great shop. Uh, Shane Shane's a really really good uh, shop owner. Mm-hmm. Knows a lot about comics. I couldn't get in the store. So <laughs> <laughs> awkward. So I had to call a friend and I said, "Hey, man." Yesterday when I was there, what I what I wanted to pick up particularly, um, I've been reading Thanos Thanos Rising. And okay. uh, two inches have come out. It's actually really fucking good. It's only like the second, the only, it's the, I'm reading two books in Marvel now, and one of them is Cap, which is awesome. Yep. And um, I started reading Thanos Rising, because I've always loved Thanos as a villain, and it's, it, I've been two issues in, and it's a really good origin story. Uh, it, but there was a variant. It was a one in fifty, and it's like I think it was. It's priced at like forty near mint, but he was selling it for thirty. And then on com- free comic book day, it's like twenty five percent off or whatever. So it was like twenty five dollars. And so I had to call a buddy who was in the store at the time, and I was like, "Hey, if it's there, if it's still there, pick it up." And then he told me no, and so of course I just walked away with my head down, and I was about <laughs> to go drive off this cliff. And then right when I get to the cliff. <laughs> Right when I get to the cliff, he's like, hey, they got it. And so, uh, you know, it's an epic break stop, e-break at the cliff and everything. <laughs> front, front end of the car hanging off the it, Exactly. The front, yeah, te- it's teetering. And <laughs> I James T. Kirk with yes. the car going off the edge. And he's like, whoa! Jumping out, yeah. So I ended up I ended up going to Olympic Cars and Comics, which was easier to get into, which was surprising. That's because the place is humongous. That's, yes. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. It was, there was, oh, God, there was a insufferable amount a of massive there. humanity. But I went in there for specific things. 
I picked up Ravengers number one at like either some store that either that store or a comic store or something, and I was like, and I started looking at it. I don't remember where I picked it up. <laughs> that store or a comic store, store or something. something. I have no <laughs> idea where I picked it up. It might have been a Walmart. It might have been a homeless person but on the street. <laughs> it might have. It just might have fell off the ceiling one day. I was so high on meth at the time that I had no idea where. How I was. dare you? Acid, not meth. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the uh, I made this habit of picking up. Random new 52 number ones if I see them, if they're first print, just because, I mean, hey, you know, it's a reboot of the series or, or whatever. Because you, you. Are, you are their target market, yes, apparently. I am their target market. <laughs> well, and then I saw that Ravengers series only went like 11 issues, so I was like, hey, you know what? It's it's half price today. If they got all 11, you know, or 2 through 11, I'll pick them up. And then I went back and I picked up Dark Avengers, the one, the first, the one mm-hmm, through sixteen, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. that ended with the siege, right? And I picked that up, and apparently that's like the best part of the Dark Avengers series because after that it gets really crappy. Yeah, the, the Molecule yeah. Man story is not that good. Yeah, so I heard it gets pretty crappy. And then I picked up. Um, it was pretty much back issue holiday for me with that type yeah. of stuff. So um, I still haven't been able to find certain back issues. That's why I'm trying to find all these stores. I'm like, do they have back issues? Do they have yeah. back issues? Because certain things are almost <clears throat> Still impossible. missing like three issues of Spawn? Well, out of one through 100, I'm missing one, number 64. Wow, nice. And, I mean, I don't know if they just didn't print a lot of them or what, but they, that is incredibly hard to find. Does it have a character nothing, or anything nothing in it? Nothing special happens in it. It's not the first <laughs> appearance of anyone. Nobody dies. It's like just Spawn sitting on a it's, couch, like watching TV, flipping channels. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's like Spawn's day off. Spawn's day out. Yeah, like baby's Spawn day has out. A Spawn's, with Spawn's day out. Spawn. Al Simmons <laughs> eating ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Al, Al, Al Simmons does tea with the Redeemer. That's right. <laughs> It's, it's it's the issue, it's it's the hidden issue because he morphs himself into a woman's a woman's toilet. So <laughs> wow, so I feel like there'd be a very niche market for that. Yeah. <laughs> it would sell, it's not it would, a niche; it's Japan. It would sell big in oh, Japan. Right. Yeah, exactly. It would sell <laughs> a guy that could morph into a woman's toilet. Oh, that would he'd be the hero of Japan. Well, I was trying to Sponsor remember. Sponsor is super crazy good. Sugoi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the what the one that I just saw a trailer for that was the guy who. Um, the superhero that defeats people by by spinning his crotch on their face and it's like <laughs> what? seriously well, like there's, there's it is Keiko came T-Bag? and naked superhero where her okay. attack is the muffification ring <laughs> wow <laughs> nice she jumps at him doing like a flying V with her legs and suffocates him nice <laughs> wow that's nice a, that's a thing huh. uh, impressive what'd you do for fr- free oh. comic book day Andy uh, my, mine is like a tale of fucking woe <laughs> uh I was just so I don't. I don't know. I think stu- we just told a tale of fucking. No. Yes, we did. Uh, so my store has stuff for me, but um, I wanted to go to a local shop. You, your Xanadu still in I downtown, right? Xanadu still in downtown. Love that place, but I didn't want to go to Seattle yesterday because I was feeling incredibly lazy. Um, so I went to another store. I'm not going to mention any names because it's not a positive just, story. Just mention names. N- nope, nope, not going to do it. And I just go in, facts, man. and it's like one. Is o'clock. it a place that you would stop? For comics, <laughs> perhaps not, not anymore. Uh, but so uh, they have an entrance door. <laughs> so I went in and uh, I was like, "It's one o'clock." I'm like, "Hey, uh, you know, free comic book day." Guys, like, all our stuff's gone, all sold out. I'm like, <laughs> "I, I just want to get a trade." That's Too late, cool, right? loser. <laughs> How do you not order enough free when stuff? No, when you know this is like. That's I, I think I, they have to still pay for it. The retailer pay, pays for it. Yeah, they pay a nominal amount, though. 
it's it's really like they don't pay very much and the uh um the publisher takes on most of the most of the cost of it mm-hmm. um but it's yeah because i remember talking to somebody about it and i was they they literally pay like cents per issue for for what they get in the store and it's mostly because because of all of what we've been talking about right the shops are always slammed yeah. right they're definitely. always selling shit so so whatever they might pay for these free comics they definitely they make, make it up. back oh they make it back it's they their black to. friday on that day yeah. you know yeah Honestly. exactly um, because a lot of them will have like events and stuff too. I know Comics yeah. Dungeon last year they always had the Five of First there with a bunch of people in Star Wars costumes, yeah. and they had, um, uh, you know, like signings and a sales on stuff. Made of pure and stink. It, yes, um, yeah. So Free Comic Book Day is is actually awesome. I like I said, it's yeah. not my I'm not the target market for it, but it's a it's awesome for the comic shops because. It it like I said it is like their Black Friday you know mm-hmm. they get they get huge amount influx of of people in the stores and they sell a bunch of shit and they have events and anything anything that's good for the industry and good for the retailers is good for all us readers too so um, th- speaking of speaking of that uh, I'm gonna bring this up very very briefly just because it's hilarious um, did anybody see on Twitter um, the the st- does it, are you guys are all familiar with Larry's comics? The they're the antagonistic assholes of the comic book world. Yeah, comic Not book really, sh- comic book shop in Florida. Um, okay. uh, my suggestion on Twitter would be to go go look up at Larry's comics and just block them without even reading anything right. they do. Check, um, check. But apparently they, he was antagonizing Mark Wade for uh, for promoting Thrillbent. Um, How dare you promote your like, work? He's he's he was like he's basically said that it was a um i don't remember what he said but he said it was a it was a slap in the face to print comics that he would that he would uh promote something digital on wednesday wednesdays and he's just you know sending comic shops into the ground and i'm like of all the people of all the people to rag on for supposedly being antagonistic toward the industry and you pick mark fucking wade (laughs) it's like (laughs) you fucking douche He's like the shock jock of the comic industry, yeah. but I guess there has to be one. But <laughs> whatever, it's yeah. fucking Twitter. That shit mm-hmm. that happens there has a lifespan of like forty-five seconds, pretty much. So in, uh, in other comic book news, uh, Gail Simone started a new book called The Movement. The Movement. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I have. I have picked it up and it's in my stack <laughs> of comic books, so I have to read it. So there's a movement in your stack. <laughs> yes, there's a movement in my stack. That is a that's come out, and then of course Thanos Rising is has come out, and that's a five going to be a five issue origin story, and I'm pretty sure that's just pro- to pro- to pro- uh, to promote Avengers, yeah. just like the Guardian. Well, the, yeah, they've the got Guardians a, they've, of the Galaxy. They've got to let people who aren't into comics know, know who, the fuck who Thanos, Thanos is, is exactly because like he actually hasn't been around in comics for a while, pretty uh, much like since in any kind Infinity, of prominent, pretty much since the Infinity Gauntlet, which was a major event for Marvel Universe. He yeah. kind of he's kind of been in the background while other well, villains have been multiplying getting yeah better. but here's my problem with that right because everything they've done so far in marvel for movie wise has been kept to pretty much science science thor. And, rea- and reality even thor, thor because had wicked scientific thor, overtones yeah. Thor, he said yeah he said they're one and the same yeah remember what he's he was talking in the very beginning of that they actually specifically he's talking about kind of explaining asgard and the nine realms yeah. and he's like he's like uh what you know Science and magic are or one, and the, one and the same here, and what what humanity calls magic is just science. It's and just so science. It's like, 
It was basically a cheap way of looks like uh, technology. It's basically a cheap way of explaining away things by saying by saying it's not actually magic. It's just beyond your understanding, you puny beings. (laughs) Well, it's the same reason they haven't dragged. Uh, drag or drug in like Doctor Strange or oh, yeah. or really or really made waves with like a character like Doom because there is there I, I'll I'm gonna touch on that subject when you get finished because because Marvel has not explained the the magic or the magic portion of their um which is what is yeah. going to be frightening about Avengers two because the rumor right now is that two of the characters that were supposed to be in the first one and didn't make it are Quicksilver and Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Witch, and they're supposed to be bringing Scarlet Witch into Avengers 2. We'll see, but Scarlet Witch, her mutant powers are kind of like magic, but not magic. Well, but it's, it's basically magic. Control to right, yeah. well, hexes. If they can uh, make Thor look like science, they, then they well, can so, Scarlet Witch so here, like but here's, they here's, go here's the big problem, powers. right? In this Thanos event, uh, origin story, right? His grandfather is Kronos. Kronos is a cosmic, right? Uh-huh. So by default, he is like one third cosmic too, as well, because you know his his mother, I guess, was a was just a regular titan. She was just a, a mortal okay. titan or whatever. So he, just a regular titan, yeah, yeah. a regular, a regular <laughs> yeah. titan, mortal, like not, nothing, nothing know. special. But the problem, the biggest problem with that is that now you've got this being that you've already said if you've already made him one third cosmic, you've already started taking cosmic magic and all this other stuff and yeah. putting it into that because, you know, he worships death and this stuff. I, I'm really He's interested in love to with death. He doesn't worship death. Love, no, worship. He, he, he is physically in love with yes. death. Yes. Okay. Lo- his okay. love is worship. <laughs> I, I feel like there's some bone jokes waiting <laughs> <laughs> to happen. I'm not but sure what this incarnation of death is. I, I'm, very, I'm very interested to see how Avengers 2 is going to explain that. It's It's... I don't think it is because I think that they used um, I think that they used the introduction of the Chitauri to explain away Th- Thanos's existence because they specifically you know they make a big they make a big deal and the reason I say this is I watched it yesterday they make a big deal in there about how when Loki was in exile he found worlds that were beyond even Asgard's understanding mm-hmm. and that's where from where he recruited the Chitauri right. so. I think they're basically just going to make Thanos yeah. a, a big, powerful alien. I mean, and... It's been way too recent that I watch NeverEnding Story, so yeah. I'm imagining Loki, like, reading the book and being like, Thor! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, what, I'm not, what I'm not thrilled about is the second Thor movie. I don't, I don't I think... Really, that looks, that looks I good, don't though. Think, I don't think Thor needs... Like, it's just like, do you really want to watch Thor for two hours? It's like, uh... I was I, really pleasantly surprised by the first Thor movie. Okay, the first, was that was the first one. It needed to happen. It was an origin story. But do we need a second Thor movie? I think it'll be cool because, it, to the best of my knowledge, it's going to be mostly set in Asgard, which is yes. which is what is interesting about Thor to me. Like, Thor on Earth... You mean New Mexico isn't, like, the most... <laughs> yeah, see? New Mexico. <laughs> Th- Thor being filmed in the cheapest possible place to film, not really that interesting right. to me i actually um, like that it was like rural sending and sucky. a film crew is incredibly expensive when you have to send them all the way to fucking asgard, to asgard. right <laughs> it's just <laughs> i know Seri- seriously getting getting, getting an entire up yggdrasil like the, the right? tow ropes that you need for that thing getting, that's a lot of frequent flyer miles uh-huh. yeah i'm serious getting getting that much film equipment across the bifrost is that not is an easy not thing easy to do. i feel like the bifrost would mess with the actual right that is not an easy task at all. So,
for the last two weeks or a week and a half, I guess, we have been reading The Sixth Gun, Volume 2. And bang, I've bang. actually, this is the fourth time I've read through this storyline. Because um, it's from, what, three years ago? Uh, two two years and a half, two, and two years ago, yeah. Um, the book is on issue 40, no, 38 now, I think, something like that. I'm not sure. Book four just came out. Something, so. yep. maybe maybe not even that far, because the book is supposed to go, when I when I spoke with... Uh, Colin. Colin Bunn, he said it's supposed to go 60 issues, right? Yeah. Um, so, Seems about right. And that's where it's going to end. Um, so far, they've done five arcs. So I guess it's in its late 20s. They've done five arcs. Uh, the first of which is... The first of which was... 29. Okay, yeah. The first The first arc was the, um, was the General Hume storyline and the introduction of everything. This arc uh, takes place in New Orleans, and it's kind of a... It's... It's kind of the start of the rest of the story, yeah. right? Um, we get an inkling of all of the sorts of the players, people and non-people yeah, that are... Uh, the two biggest introductions in this story are Kirby Hale and the Knights of Abraham. Yep. Uh, and uh, this is... I was telling Andy this before the show, and I'll just go ahead and get it out there at the beginning. This is actually my favorite arc of the sixth gun. I would um, agree. I like the stuff that has come after, but I, think, I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think it's as strong as this particular uh, six-issue arc. I think. I think well, part of it has to do with the fact that so you've got the first arc, which is General Human. That's sort of like the overall introduction, and this is the introduction to the real story. Yeah. And, you know, introductions and like character like development is always the most interesting part of the story. Resolution, you know, is cool and all, but it's yeah, not the first the first arc is this is what we are fighting against. The second arc is. Here's here's an introduction to um, like the world around how, it. the world around it and the types of things we have to do to fight against that thing. Fucking right? Panthers. Um, <laughs> so the issue and stuff. <laughs> owls, owls, screech owls. Yeah. Fucking and snakes. Where owl? Closer to your mic. Crocodile. Snakes. There you go. <laughs> Baron Samadhi. Yeah. The. Um, one of the things that I really, really liked about this arc was that it, like I said, it's set in New Orleans, and this was, I'm trying to remember, this comic book's in 1868, 1867? It's post-war. It's post-war. What's his face? Ten years after the Civil War yeah. or so. Fought in the war. Um, and it it's pulls a lot of um, American mythology and stuff, and it's not just... Uh, not just like Native American. Most of this book is mostly like Creole and yes. uh, Haitian, Haitian yes. uh, mythology with, you know, Loa and yep. swamp monsters yeah. and all these crossroads, uh, crossroads demons, demons and, and stuff, stuff like yeah. that. And it's, it's not voodoo. It's really cool. It? It, no, it is voodoo. It is voodoo. It's voodoo, yes. But it's voodoo, all stuff that's magic. based on Yoruba voodoo? mythology you back hoodoo? in the day. Uh, no, no, no. I'm thinking it's... What, is it, is it, um, it's the one that begins with S. Santeria? Santeria. That's more Orishas. This is more Loa. But they're from the same root gods. Why do you want to keep singing? The Sixth Gun. The musical. The introduction of Kirby Hale is one of the best, I think, like side character introductions. He is a complete sleaze. He reminds me of freaking, what's the actor? He was in Shanghai Nights, Shanghai Noon. Owen Wilson. He reminds me of Owen Wilson. He is totally Owen Wilson. He is Owen Wilson. He is one of the best 
likable sleaze bags I've seen in a character. <laughs> in a he's all suave. He's almost as good as Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's all suave. Yeah, he's a scruffy looking nerd. Because the funny <laughs> thing about it, the funny thing about that too, is that was su- as soon as he shows up, the moment he speaks, I'm like, oh, this is gonna turn out bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like it uh, later on in the book when um, he's talking to Becky and she's like, "And you tricked me into sleeping with you." He's like, "I didn't have to trick you." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to trick you. Um, his, I think one of the things that I liked about his introduction was they, you know, they make him, they make him charismatic in the first place, but then they do the typical, um, not only is he charismatic, but he's also a badass kind of introduction, right? Yep. He's in the midst of talking to Drunken Becky. Drunken honor fight. Yeah. He's in the midst of talking to Becky and some drunkards come up and like, uh, start getting in his face and wanting, wanting him to, uh, go out in the street and get into a gunfight. And of course he's a, he's a gunslinger and he goes out there and clearly beats the first guy. And then, of course, his thugs are like, oh, we're going to get him. And he just guns him down Destroys immediately him, yeah. afterward in the midst of a crowd of people. And then he just he does the whole tip of the hat. It's like, yep. got to go. Yep, like, go. They're not so understanding <laughs> wow. about this sort yes. of thing. Here. Yeah. Sorry for the murders. Got to go. Gotta go. <laughs> Sorry about the mess. Murder yeah. was pretty much for free back then, I guess. <laughs> I am. Um, free murder. <laughs> The arc, the arc for this particular uh, storyline, I really liked because I, I liked the way they handled Drake, um, especially in the beginning where he has gone through all the things that he, you know, he in the first storyline you see him have the the asshole's change of heart, right? Where he's like, he starts out just wanting to get the things so that Do he can sell them and yeah. get them and be be done and of course gets thrown into something bigger than himself and has the change of heart where he's like okay this this is beyond even my assholery so and then in the second book you you open on drake um in the swamp d- dealing with oh yeah no it's it's when he's in the graveyard drinking oh right you oh, open yeah. you open on drake dealing with what have I gotten myself into? And, you know, him and Bill John, Bill John's just standing over him in Gollum form, just boop, and he's like, he's like bitching at Bill John who can't understand him clearly. And, and that, that I think was one of the things that I liked because in the first, in the first arc, I like, I like Drake. He's, he's, he's a fine character, but he's a little bit one dimensional. And I yeah. think this was the first storyline where they give him more depth and they're like, there's more to him than just I need these guns and I and I got it's not him necessarily being forced into the situation like he was in the first book. Now he's like trying to figure out what to do next and trying to figure out whether or not he actually wants to still be a part of all of this, you know. And of course Becky's being like she's, she's just angry. Learn, she's trying to learn how to use the guns. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, one thing that I really like about Drake is that it's like this is the book of inverse proportionality battles like so he's fighting the gators early on and there's oh, the giant gator and he's just awesome. like he's jumping at it with, with the, the knife. tiny little yeah knife. he goes like, yeah no, i got this and then later on he gets attacked by the panther and it doesn't even really show much of that fight because it's like he just kicked the shit out of an alligator five times this <laughs> size he's it's good only a panther yeah whatever well, he just kind of shows a beat it reminds up later. me of legend of the fall where he goes after that bear that grizzly with yeah. the butter knife <laughs> he's like hey good luck to you pal that's an underrated movie it's that's a great a, movie that's, that's a really a good movie, movie. I know a lot of people who don't like that movie or, or who didn't give the movie a chance because at the time they thought bro- Brad Pitt was just a pretty boy. A douche. And it turns out that that's actually a really fucking good that's movie. That's one of the movies that jumpstarts his career, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Thelma and Louise, Legends of the Fall, and then Fight Club. Yep. yep. His first three. Mm. Legends of the Fall actually has a really... Um, bringing that movie up, 
if they were ever to make a movie version of this of the sixth gun that i think that has the right feel right it does. like if you no, if you took does. legends of the fall and added a supernatural element to it that it would has, be the right feel yep, for does. this kind of a it has the right feel I mean, it's set later. It's set uh, it's just like in World War One. Yeah, nineteen early nineteen hundred. Well, yeah, mid, no, yeah, early 1900s. nineteen hundred. Nineteen what? Nineteen fourteen? Nineteen fifteen? Something, something like, yeah, something like yeah, that. Because his brothers go off to World right. War One. Nineteen teen. Yeah. Nineteen teen. <laughs> um, so, being that I, I had to catch up because, of course, I wasn't on the show when you guys did um, book one, mm-hmm. book one, and I I picked up these books. Because Luke pretty much bullied me into it. We were standing at the booth, and he was like, "Eddie, buy these now." And I, I made like, the same yeah. offer. I made the same offer <laughs> to did. you that I've made he, to other people, and I told and I've told this to people <laughs> multiple times. I said, "Buy all four, and if you don't like them, I will pay I will, you for I will them." Pay you for them. I, I thought it's, it was much easier when I get to make the same offer to you, Luke. Uh-huh. I'm like, buy the first six issues because that's all that's out right now. Yeah. You will read them. You'll enjoy them. If you don't, I will pay that you for them. Yeah. And, and you that, know, the, you know, pay that fucking offer forward. Yeah. I've done that now with three people and I have not yet paid for these trades. When someone, you know what, when someone is confident enough in something that they've read to say that, hey, I, I think it's either got to be good or if I don't like it, it's just not my, not my genre of preference. But um, I started getting into it, and I guess when it comes to westerns in general, or like the you know the Wild Wild West type stories, there's a couple that I like, but it's not my it's not what I really what I'm really into. But uh, immediately after getting into the first book, I wanted to know what happened in the second. Mm-hmm. Like I was mm-hmm. like, "Up, oh, where's the second book? Oh, I'm glad I have the second book. Let's read the second book." Yeah. Um, in reading the second, reading the book and watching the character development, I, I was. I was on the same uh, wavelength that Luke was. Is that Drake was a Drake was a semi dry character? He was your typical. He was your typical. I guess you you could see him developing into an antihero, but he was your typical. In a lot of movies, I just want to do my job, get paid, get done, and then I'm done with it. And if they would have continued that, we would have had to have seen him wash out as a character. Mm-hmm. Totally, and he, he leaves been. Yavin four and then comes back and saves everyone. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. You could have had Deus Ex Drake, but it would have yeah. been kind of boring. <laughs> exactly. Uh, his his character development as it moves on is very impressive as yeah. to what he's becoming. I don't want to give away book three and book four, but as to what he's becoming and what he'll and what he'll develop himself into. As like, but he's a typical anti-hero. He kind of, he's very reluctant to do certain things, but he does them because he like, I don't know, it's obligation. He kind of feels like obligated, or if I don't do it, somebody else, like nobody else will. Lawful so neutral? Be, I don't know. Yeah, it's Probably, like I've got to yeah. be the guy to because there's nobody else to fight. Yeah, because, I've got to be the guy. Well, I think he's got that attitude of um, there's already enough of a taint on my soul that I'd rather it be on me than on someone else. Yes, yeah, right. Somebody's got to take true. care of these guns. Yeah. 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 Well, he and, hates to lose. Also, he doesn't yeah. like he, does, <laughs> he does not like losing. And he's getting. He keeps getting beset by the people that he fucked over at one point. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's Karma like. Is, Really yeah. bad for Drake. Um, really, really bad. One of the things that I really liked about this book, and I, I've started a lot of sentences with those words. I need to stop. Uh, I need to stop doing diversity. That. It's it's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> not with me. No. Um, the the mythology that that Cullen Bunn has weaved into these books is super interesting yeah. to me. That was my because favorite part of this piecemeal regional mythology that he gets the appropriate type of. Monster of the week for yeah. whichever arc, right? Like it could be, um, 
Like later one, in the book, he has Loa. He's got the Wendigo. He's got uh, or the, the Thunderbird the in the first one. Yeah, I just I love it because it's really really American for an American mm-hmm. story. He d- he does a really good job of having a rich like nationwide the fucking mummy right yeah. it's all they're all really american monsters asher cobb is is which gets introduced in the next arc but asher cobb is probably the most straight up american of the creatures in this book um thunderbird uh the thunderbird maybe i think well, i think that <coughs> didn't come from anywhere else outside of america yeah um the thing with uh, a lot of the mythologies, it's it's interesting to me because, like you said, it's it's as American as you can get it. Most of these mythologies came from native cultures that were here before the white people came. But what I like about the way he weaves it into these stories is that it really is kind of like white folks dealing with uh, the mythologies that that they now have to that they've brought together. Well, right? the, does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, like, the Loa is, is an import mythology to n- sure. the New Orleans area, but this feels very specific to the New Orleans area. Mm-hmm. I I think one uh, one thing that um, I was thinking about this after watching my wife and I have been watching through Supernatural again. Crossroads. And, yeah. Um, and something that I something that I like about Supernatural, and it's something that I like about this, and and kind of a larger commentary on mythologies in general is that um there's a lot of creatures and a lot of mythologies that when they get worked into storylines nobody bothers to modernize them or or make them work with the Mm storylines so it's like um you end up with creatures from ancient european mythology that are the same in modern day as they were when they were back then because they show they show up and they've there's nothing different about them Mm -hmm. Yet there are parts of of these like Haitian mythologies or um, Creole mythologies that w- had already morphed into um, sort of modern for the era, right? Th- yeah. By, uh, things like the Crossroads Demon wants a jug full of rum and gunpowder. There you go. And I, I'm not explaining myself well, but it's. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Is no, that well, I think more so than some <laughs> other pantheons, the Yoruban pantheon gets around. Yeah, um, like the character Legba, whom Kalfu. I did some reading because I was like, is this actually just <laughs> wow? Baron that Samby? sentence was amazing. Just to let you know. <laughs> okay, can you say what? that one more time? No. <laughs> anyway, uh, I can't. That was a one shot. I'm pretty sure you just made that shit up. No. Uh, the the root character is Alegba, who turned into Legba, Baron Samdi, and all of all of these deities also have like Orishas in Santeria that they're aligned with and saints because it's the sort of like, all yep. right, well we got Christianity happening. I guess we'll just do a one to one correlation with saints as well. Yeah, right. Um and I mean like this is like Baron Samdi slash Alegba slash Kalfu is like he showed up in a Disney movie for crying out loud. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's definitely a, a cultural motif that Princess and the Frog. Yeah, okay. yeah. Which again, the funny thing is that that character shows up in one of those incarnations in Shadowman because Shadowman mm-hmm. is based mm-hmm. in New Orleans mm-hmm. and with the whole voodoo. What is Creole uh, the new No, the New Fifty Two reboot. Um, it's not I Vampire, but there's one of them where like the main character's mentor is Baron Samedi or Semdi. I don't know. Nice. I don't read any of the New 52 books. It's one, it's so. like one of the Vertigo versions. It's okay. not actually New 52, but it's like they like, hey, you know, we're doing all these regular DC reboots, so let's uh, let's throw some New Vertigo versions of stuff. Yeah. Nice. It's not a uh, Constantine, is it? It's not. No. no it's 
Justice League Dark Constantine. Mike. Mike. Justice League Dark Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk like this for the rest of the I think hey, maybe I'll just yeah. it's, it's probably better. The show's probably better off for me oh not being God, on mic. What you talking about? I'm a star. <laughs> now that um, everyone has stopped listening to the podcast. Yeah. I am I'm very impressed by this arc of this comic book. And this is the one that solidified it for me. Like the first arc I liked. I was like, oh, this is awesome. When I read this, I was like, wow, there there's a lot more to this. Uh, than I thought there was going to be. Mm-hmm. And Cullen Bunn weaves a lot more into it than I thought was going to be mo- uh, going to be included. So having a historically accurate memory of the events, you just liked the first one, but didn't you go and buy a page no. from the book? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, say, I'm, I'm just using your words. I didn't of, oh, say I just liked No, I said I really liked it. Okay, like I, okay. It's like a good mixtape. The first track is good, but this knocked that shit this, out of yeah, let's, let's okay. put it. Let's put it in... The most accurate terms I could think of. The first arc of the Six Gun was is one of my favorite arcs of any comic book ever, and I like this one better. Okay, that'll work. Like, I this is this arc of this comic book. First of all, everyone knows the Six Gun is one of my favorite comic books, like right that I have ever read. This is, in my opinion, the best arc of one of my favorite comic books that I've ever read. Hmm. So, um, and I, and, and that's saying a lot because I, I haven't, there hasn't been an arc of this comic book that I don't like yet. Um, so I just want to make sure. So you're saying that you enjoyed this more than, oh, I don't know. Holy terror. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little. I mean, not. I enjoyed taking large dumps more than holy terror. So do I. (laughs) But then again, I really enjoy taking large dumps. Why did I have to hear that? (laughs) Loose top five things. To do, <laughs> take large jumps. You're the one, you're the one that wanted to be on this show, all right? Um, but no, I'm going to cut you off for a minute here, and I'm, I'm going to talk about you talk large jumps. So, uh, I don't know. I'm <laughs> talking about large Christ. jumps. Courtesy flush. This is a unicorn. I don't know if this is actually my favorite arc. It is amazing, though. Um, just the entire. Like run has been super solid, including Sons of the Gun. I don't know if you guys have read that yet. Not yet. I haven't. Want I've to. read the first issue. I haven't read the second, third yet. Um, yeah, they're, they're just it's phenomenal all the way around. Um, it's probably my favorite western. Um, oh I yeah. Don't, I don't mean favorite western comic. I mean my favorite western. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's got the perfect mix of Seems supernatural still. and just you know actual like gunfights in you know okay corral style shootouts. It's true. It's got with really giant albino alligators. Yes. Yeah, um, it, it's got you know excellent character development. Yeah. the cast is diverse. There's no two characters who seem very similar this in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, the number of locations that it's actually at really kind of surprised me. I thought it was going to be like you know one dusty town and one dusty town with maybe like one side story that's you know set in a swamp they or something like that. Travel a but lot, but they're <laughs> fucking all over the <laughs> place. I mean, they're in like forts that are held by monks who have gatling guns. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, they're fighting Loa in the crypts of New Orleans uh, on a, on a tr- with a sword of Abraham's super train. Yeah. Like, there's the fucking um, the like the northern snowy reaches area. Yep. Uh, when I they mean, go to the Wendigo, yeah, the Wendigo yeah. storyline. Yeah. Uh, nice. Just like it's masterfully done in every single way in, for the writing. And then let's talk about the art for a That's minute. exactly where I was w- wanting um, to go. It's great. Like, seriously, Brian Hurt is just... 
every single there's a progression like you can go back to the damned um and like sort of see where some of the the rough ideas but his art style is just getting better and better every single issue. It's clean, it's expressive, and all of the supernatural ele- elements are really, really believable, including yeah. like Marinette Dry Arms possessing her, her like yeah. human and having her head all exploded and shit. And it, it's it's clear and kind of gross, <laughs> but it, it doesn't, I, I, I see what's going on and believe what's going it's on. It's fantastic, but not unrealistic. Exactly. There are... Go ahead. I will tell you there is a face that Drake makes that that, <laughs> I'm looking that at the panel right now. makes that makes every that explains every unexplainable event in life and it's on page forty seven in the corner. And that right face and that face explains half of the <laughs> <thing> <laughs> I yeah. see on a daily basis. What the what? Fuck? <laughs> what? Yeah. The that that is the what the fuck? That's before that, is that the explanation that's, that's, of that is that is giant that, alligator face. That face, that face could be a meme, and you could yeah. just use that face. <laughs> that face should be the uh, the artwork for the background for this episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put it up on the site so that, that, uh, so is, that people that can is, see that, that face. That is just one of the best faces ever. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I really enjoy that. What I also really enjoy is they don't they don't overwhelm you. They slowly lead lead you into the supernatural elements. They don't mm-hmm. just throw a bunch of it, a big ball of it at you like some some comics do and they've done it. They throw this big ball of something that you have to understand and wrap your head around before you can even make, you know, make the next step into the comic. And Siskun is really good about give, leading you along like kind of a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time and, mm-hmm. and trying to drawing you in, drawing you in. Because sometimes you start reading a book, you get overwhelmed and you're just like, okay, I'm done reading this because it's just too much. It deals it out in bite-sized pieces. Yes. One it's of very the manageable. Well-paced. I um I thought this was in the same way that this arc solidified the writing for me it also solidified my love of Brian Hurt's artwork because in the first arc it is a lot of the same right because it's mostly them riding across the desert to yeah. do stuff and the the only the only real uh the only real setting in it that's different from them riding across the desert is when they get to the fort um, and they do the fight at the end. Right. So, you know, and you know, you've got like a little bit of forest and some of the, um, the, like the fight with the, the uh, Thunderbird and stuff. When they get into this book and you get to see Brian hurt render like, um, you know, the, downtown new orleans and and then the swamp and spirits and spirits and the house henry fournier's house um i especially liked um some of the scenes in henry fournier's house where he's talking and the way that he plays with like the shadows and stuff Mm -hmm. in that scene is just really good it's a very Uh, creepy house it's very creepy and he does a good job of creeping it creeping it out and um where it really where i really really like like it is two scenes one was when marinette dry arms shows up in new orleans the first time freaking villain um yeah anyway and they um there's the scene where um she's attacking just kind of going down the street and all of the the owls and the creatures start attacking the the people in the streets and there's there's this really great panel um and it's one that most people probably wouldn't notice but there's a really great panel in the lower right where 
you're inside a streetcar. I don't have it on my screen right now, but um, you're inside a streetcar and you're seeing the people in the streetcar looking at what's going on outside in the street. And in the shadows of an alleyway behind, you see the silhouette of Marinette de Jar Arms behind a whole bunch of like zombies and other creatures. And there's in the foreground, you see, you know, owls with glowing eyes and all this stuff. But then um, there's a person outside the streetcar getting attacked and their head is getting slammed into the window of the streetcar and it's and it's breaking. It's an issue. It's late. It's late in the story. 107. Okay, Yeah. and that that panel, like the panel, the first panel you see of the of the streetcar, like um, the it's like a two page spread where they show like uh, the people running and getting scared. But then this panel right yeah, here, yeah, I, see what you're talking about. I was like, that's a very small panel, and there's so much there's going on in it, and in. it's so much int- uh, like introducing Marinette in relation to her surroundings now and seeing how she's approaching people. And it's like, wow, that is just, that is just a phenomenal panel. If you're in the streetcar, you're pissing yourself right now. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're I, I want to talk about Bill Crabtree's coloring for a minute. Let me, let me talk about one last scene and then we'll go on to coloring. Uh, the, the other one that I really loved was earlier in the book and it was when, uh, when uh, Henry Fournier's servant, manservant guy shows up to attack um the crew right and they send a snake after becky and they send owls after um the black guy uh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, whatever i can't remember your name either so <laughs> i know exactly <laughs> the black guy what was that joel oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um joel's a happy so so <laughs> um he comes in after uh after drake and there's it seems so simple, but it's actually a scene that's that seems like really hard to render is when he's shot the panther a couple of times and the panther goes over the railing. And there's a panel with the panther hanging on the railing and then they flash back to, um, to Drake's face and when they go back, it's the manservant in the same position hanging on the railing. And I'm like, just the way they rendered it to make it, the way that he rendered it to make it obvious what you were seeing and the that he was a shapeshifter was just phenomenally well done now my problem with that scene is that when the guy's hanging from the railing all drake does is knock him on the head and make him fall off when he should have fucking shot him through the head i don't think he had a gun at that point yeah he did he he fucking pistol whips him in the forehead sorry he was using one of the six guns it does doesn't he, have bullets. He was not using one of the six. Oh, that's ones. right. You're right. It doesn't get back. It, he doesn't get those back till the end. In the crypt, yeah. Um, Excuse me. I'm going to need my guns, Bill John. Yeah. yeah. I like how Bill John, as opposed to opening his suit, opens his chest. Yeah. <laughs> They're in my guts. Iron Giant. There you go. I love Bill John. Like even as even Gollum, Bill John is awesome in he these is. books. He just it, for a character that doesn't speak, He's they really He's they great, really make a him a great character. character. Look, there's a bonus weeping angel in the cemetery too. Oh, look at that. That's oh, yeah. cute. Doctor Who fans unite. So you wanted to talk about Bill Crabtree's colors. Yeah. Um, this is the book I think where actually he, his stuff really shines. Mm-hmm. Um, it really caught my attention. Um, just his use of specific washes and tones to indicate various things. Uh, his color palette is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're going through the swamp, um, the very muted colors that he uses with mm-hmm. the greens and whatnot have a very supernatural element. The albino alligator... That whole sort of section is greens and dark grays and whatnot. Uh, but when you're in New Orleans itself, 
You've got a lot of pastels, a lot of like pinks and baby blues that are very vibrant and with a very dark background. Like they just, you know, they pop at you. Mm-hmm. I hate using that term, but it's the only way I can pop, pop, pop. pop. snap. Gonna make this pop, snap. Uh, then when you're in the crypt, it's going back to sort of that muted palette again. Um, just like this is one of those trifectas where everyone is just as important as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. This is one of one of the most cohesive creative teams in comics right True now. True that. Um, and I hope I hope that they all stay on till the very end. Which I can't. Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurd are co-creators, and so I can't oh, yeah. imagine them. I hope they keep Bill Crabtree because he's he's just a f- he's he's a phenomenal addition to this team to make everything kind of come together. Um, and I know I've always liked Bill Crabtree's colors. Bill Crabtree actually did the colors for the first. Uh, probably first 20 issues of Invincible. And um, they he was excellent on that until they replaced him with John Rauch, who, in my opinion, doesn't do quite as well with Invincible as, as Bill Crabtree did. Um, I actually wished that I had had um, money and time because um, last year at Stumptown... Uh, Brian Hurt and Bill Crabtree were there together. I think they were this year too, but I wasn't able to they go. Were, they were there, and they were doing uh, joint sketches where wow. Brian Hurt would draw whatever character and then hand it over to Bill Crabtree, who would who would use Prismacolors to to color it. And I was like, oh, that is that's just a fucking phenomenal yeah. idea. <laughs> like, I really. One of these days, if I get back down to Stumptown and they're around, I'm going to have them do a sketch for me. But it's like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I agree wholeheartedly on the colors in this book. But I, you know, I think we've uh, all determined that we love this, this storyline. This is a good book. Spent half an hour. Good book. <laughs> so good. <laughs> we like it. Good uh, book. Go home, good book. You're drunk. <laughs> good book. book. Uh, bye. Okay. Yeah, bye. Oh, definite bye. Or Luke will bully you into bye. <laughs> One or the other. I, I, I can't say anything other than bye. I mean, I've got the singles. I've got the trades. Four buys. I, I'm about to have the hardcover. I was just saying, I think I've got probably 10 people or 20 people now into mm-hmm. reading this book. Which I've gotten quite a few into it as well. Actually, when I was at Stumptown, I did. I got one of my buddies to buy the first book. Nice. I was like, I was like buy the first book. Oh, well, buy the first book. Okay. <laughs> I feel like anyone who would like Supernatural would really would like really this. Would really like, yeah, that's true. I also think this is much better than Supernatural in many, many ways. But yeah, depending, like on what sea- depending on what season you're talking about. I love Supernatural, yeah. so I can't really say much about it. But I, I agree. Yeah, I actually, I like. I think this is is. It it does not have a moment that's funny as the giant teddy bear blowing its brains. No, out. it really doesn't. But, I think that's just or a bow right? before Todd, <laughs> right? Or kneel <laughs> before Todd. <laughs> you killed the fucking punchline. Uh, whatever. But, but other than that, those two exceptions, I think this is better in every other way. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, everyone should buy this book because my opinion is that you would really, really have to just not. You would really just have to be anti-Western. Yeah. I think that's really the only time that someone would l- not like this book. And even in that instance, I think this I, this is the Western that non-Western yeah. people would probably like. If you hate good things, you do not want to read this. That, that's a true story. Gush, 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 gush. Gush, gush. Yeah. 
I like destroying uh, Fellate gush. I destroy beautiful things. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when we interviewed Colin, do you know how hard it was for me not to just give him a hug and say thank you? I, I know. <laughs> Make it awkward. Hey. I was just having you clinging onto it. Thank you, man. I did say thank you. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't gush too much. I no, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Everybody can go back and listen to that Colin Von interview, and I'm like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> it was such a good book. It wasn't as bad as the Matt Fraction one, though. Uh, <laughs> no, that was that was you. That was hilarious. Watching you just like. <laughs> so Andy, Andy, what did you think about this? <laughs> I've seen that's bad fraction. <laughs> you're pretty. <laughs> you're, you're pretty guy. All right, yeah, it's a solid buy as always. Yeah. Uh, the Sixth Gun is is one of our one of the show's favorite books, and everyone should just go out and buy it. So for the next show, we are going to be doing Superior. It was Joel's suggestion. He will be back for the show. This, unfortunately, is is Eddie's last show for the next few months. Uh, he's going to be out of the country for the entire summer. Uh, should be back on the show in September. Yes. Right? Okay. Um, so for the I w- next... I would ahead. like to thank the Pacific Northwest for the wonderful weather we've been having for like the last two weeks. No I shit, mean, right? it is fucking great. Mm-hmm. So I won't miss. So I'm not missing at all. Yeah, you, you, but like you're leaving right after summer's over. I know. Right? Yeah, you're <laughs> actually no. You're actually going to miss the worst of the summer weather. So you're getting you so? yeah because it's going to get hotter than fucking hell for you know what, next oh oh, for you know a little what, while. For me, but you know what though? For me, it really hot up here doesn't really no it, it's, it's not yeah. it doesn't hot, really mean hot it here. here doesn't compare to hot in it's, other places yeah it's not, it's not raining anymore so it's too hot ah. I, i'm going to i am I, I've, I say this once i've said it i'll say it again i'm my entire heritage is celtic and norse my my hen- entire hentai? makeup, yeah, my ent- <laughs> your entire heretic and norse my entire entire wow I wow, think they're, they're hearing what they want to hear. Yeah, they right? really are. Put the hand, put the hand die right next to the SNES games. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 okay, so for the next episode, we're going to do Superior, which is Joel's suggestion. The show after that, we're going to do Noir, which is a collection of uh, short stories uh, that Andy suggested. And for the show after that, Anne's suggestion is going to be the new Captain Marvel by Kelly Sue DeConnick. Um, so that is in trade now, and we're going to go ahead and... Uh, turn my mic off. There we go. Get it back. On. There we go. We're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna do. Oh yeah, that's the spot. We're gonna, we're gonna do Captain Marvel, um, and we'll figure out shows after that this going forward. But uh, if <laughs> um, there's two things, uh, it, as usual, we want people to participate in the show. So if you wanna if you wanna email us, you can email us at uh, tradesecretsatgeekerific.com for questions about any of the books that I just talked about, and we will we'll answer them on the show. But also, we want to hear your f- uh, free comic book day stories. There's got to be funny or inspiring or interesting tragic. stories out traumatic, there. Tragic, tragic stories. or traumatic stories. Um, uh, tell us about hear anything inspiring. I only want disappointing <laughs> shit in yeah. my inbox. Tell you tell us about uh, tell us about your uh, your local comic shop and your free comic book day stories uh, and we will talk about them on the show again that is uh, trade secrets at geekerific.com g-e-e-k-e-r-i-f-i-c and uh, you can follow us all on twitter we're all there i don't know if you're allowed to tweet uh, from uh, during your trip or not but so um, i'll be tweeting i'll be facebooking so the main show feed is trade secrets at trade at trade secrets pod uh (laughs) 
Eddie is at Samba Black with no C in black. Andy is at Mathtastrophe. Anne is at Anne Bean Tweets. I am at Geek Elite. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. You can like our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash trade secrets podcast. Joel is super fly. And yeah, but Joel's not here. He, he'll, he'll have plenty of opportunity. He's to, a hidden he can character. spell his own <laughs> self later. Yeah, no shit. Um, and Dude, uh, what are you talking about? You're like the Rally Jackson to his Eddie Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Jesus. Jackson. I am. I am a palette swap. <laughs> I'm glad I got none of those references. I, 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 I yeah. feel cleaner for having gotten none of those references. I don't understand at all. It's um, like Cloud and freaking. It's like swapping Cloud Strife with any random Japanese anime character. They, it's the same shit. Spiky hair. Still not getting it. Big sword. I know Cloud. Okay. Oh, holy shit! You, got, you know what? You guys I call yourself Andy's geeks. Saying, Jesus Christ! Andy saying racist Luke, what's things. What's the other podcast that you do? <laughs> yeah, old video games, not new ones. Tekken's pretty fucking old. Yeah, Tekken doesn't count ever. It's like Mario and Luigi. <laughs> I get it. They do Yay. the same shit. They jump. They knock out blocks with their head. And I they feel get, like that moment in the Avengers <laughs> now with Captain America's like I got that one. I got that one. I got that one. I got that one. All right. Thank you, Anne, for joining us this morning. Hi. Thank you, Andy for loaning us your apartment oh, this morning. Uh, Thank you, Eddie, for being around for a while, and we'll, we'll see you in September. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The af- after the fact, we'll likely be done by the time you I get back. So. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm going to leave, done. and we're going to get back. Like, Eddie, we're on episode 76. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really? The show is not ended. What'd you guys do with three, for three months? Yeah. Uh, I am Luke. This has been episode 45 of the Trade Secrets Podcast, and we are out.